happy new year to you and happy new year to the listeners and that's getting into mid mid january now but or whenever this is released but this is the first time we've recorded so yes yeah. it's a happy new year new year pod yay how's your <laughs> how's the uh the year gone for you so far the year gone first few weeks or oh, i don't know slow um Slow, yeah. Just trying yeah, to get slow, grind the somewhere. gears back in, back up, mm. and like work and stuff like that. And it just feels like you've been off forever, doesn't it? You're only off, I was off for like nearly two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I had a good streak, but I think it's because of how bloody hard you go out those that you know you really chocolates. really just yeah chocolates. I mean, especially in the booze. I'm the chocolates stuff has definitely that is still still going in my house. I'm yeah. eating way too much chocolate still. I've booze, managed no, to slow that not, down. Not doing. Well done. That's good. good. Yeah, yeah. But after Christmas, I mean, it's a little bit ill of Christmas day, and that, so I couldn't eat. So I just made up for that after Christmas up until uh, like January the second. I was eating just so much and drinking and eating, yeah. and eating, and just watching TV and slaying. And I mean, eating like I got to the point as well towards near the New Year's New Year's Eve. I was like, I can't, sure I can't keep eating like this. But I've got all this cheese I wouldn't normally have in, you know, fancy cheese, nice cheese. Normally, I just have a house cheddar, like, what's it in? Yeah. And I, I won't normally have, like, a load of cheese because that's too much risky. Yeah. But I had it. And then I had, you know, other things and treats and pate and things like that. And my, my logic eventually became, I've got to eat it all now, so it's gone. And that's part yes. of finishing Christmas. Uh, but then that would be like having a plate in the afternoon and then, you know, it'd be 11 o'clock at night when I'm watching TV. I just have a big, you know, massive plate of cheese and pork pies because that's the kind of thing you should eat at this time of night so every day was kind of like yeah eat it yeah i'd got like scotch eggs scotch eggs and pork pies and cheese all mm. mixed together in the guts <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'd have that yeah and late nights watching tv eating and then waking up like just in intense gut pain yeah <laughs> you shouldn't be digesting all that stuff every day all at once uh that did you know then when i was back at work they shifting the gears was a bit difficult i'd managed to clear it put a lot of my um decorations away and stuff but you know it goes from like you know having all these decorations up and it's beautiful to, to look thinking why have i got this tree in my fucking house <laughs> what's that all about you're so, like oh yes. yeah get rid of everything so, oh it feels nice and spacious now yeah yeah, my my house does look particularly bare, but uh, it was needed. Yeah, so uh, I've had a slow start to the year. Not a particularly unpleasant one, just taking it easy and getting there, yeah. What the fuck are we talking about today, then? Well, happy new brackets election year. Election year, yeah. Yep. Election year. This could be election year, so I thought we could talk about talk about that and talk about the 13 years of the government and just sort of look back at that look ahead a little bit of that really yeah 13 years and i've got a few things to say about that record so i have done a monologue oh good 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 yes so i hope there is an election in 2024 because i really really think that we need the change i'm not even that excited about labor as a government uh you know really aside from the fact that they're they're you know going to be fresh and new and hopefully have some fresh ideas and not just have descended into this incompetence and corruption and just a mess yeah. that the current one is. Um, so, yes, mm. um, we deserve better. We deserve better, Matt. Yeah, well, I do. If there were the, um, when If there is no election this year and it's next year, we could just do this podcast again. Come yeah, we could do it all again. <laughs> in a year's time, yeah. 
Yeah. All right, shall we listen to the monologue then? Let's. listeners i hope you'll forgive me my rather somber turn as you know the country this week suffered a major blow a major loss as the deputy conservative party chairman lee anderson and brendan clark smith resigned over the rwanda bill robbing this country of two giants two major talents and i'm just not quite sure how we can go on the same as we were before and i'd like to take just a moment to mourn that loss Aren't we all sick of Tory melodramas? I know I am. Now, this could be the year that we put an end to it. This could be an election year. It's not guaranteed, but there's a high chance. Now, I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I think it's time for the Tories to shut up and to go away. And I'm really hoping this is the year that this government is put out of its misery. Um, It's not about being partisan. It's just time for a change, I think. The country knows it. I know it. You know it. We deserve better than this tired, worn-out mediocrity, right? Polls released this week suggest that we're heading for a 1997-style rout, and it is very difficult to argue that it is not well-deserved. I personally will be looking forward to seeing the back of Rishi Sunak. I think he was a bad Chancellor, and I think he's a bad Prime Minister. But in the grand scheme of things, he's not really the problem. You know, he's just one of several mediocre leaders in a period of abysmal government. 13 years they've been in power. 13 years. And can you really say that they've made the country a better place? Now, every attack line that Rishi Sunak comes out with is just so unconvincing. Rishi says that Britain will go back to square one with Labour. A line that just doesn't work from his weak position. You know, things haven't got better over the last 13 years. They've got worse. And now the UK is set for the biggest falling living standard since the 1950s. And we've got the highest tax burden since the war. But Ben, other countries have been suffering from slow economic growth. The global climate hasn't been great. Do not let yourself fall for that line because it may well come up in the run-up to the next election. There is an economic divide between the UK and other Western democracies. Last year, the Resolution Foundation released a paper called Ending Stagnation. It said that low growth and entrenched inequality mean that typical households in Britain are 9% poorer than their French equivalents, while low-income families are 27% poorer. 27% poorer. The UK's productivity gap with France, Germany and the US has doubled since 2008. Over the 13-year period that the Conservative Party have been in power, wage growth and living standards have been stagnant. Debt has increased. The deficit we heard so much about under the Cameron Osborne government, it was never eliminated. But they told us they had to decimate the public sector in order to eliminate the deficit. Well, they never eliminated the deficit and now just things just don't work. That is poor government, people. That is failed dogma. 
The structure of the UK economy is uneven, broken even. We've got an over-reliance on the city and foreign investment, we import far more than we export, and the party of free trade and free markets left the largest and most integrated free trade area in the world. With their dogmatic, reckless approach, they made a complete hash of Brexit. Now look at any policy area and you will find failure. A total failure to build houses, so the housing market is as warped and broken as ever, and the proportion of people owning their own home has fallen. The NHS is a mess, waiting times have been risen across the board, and that trend started long before the pandemic. Targets for a &E waiting times haven't been met since 2014. All cancer waiting times are being missed. The number of GPs has dropped by 40% since 2010. Councils all over the country are going bankrupt, and the party of law and order has decimated the police force. Prisons are dilapidated, understaffed, with few, if any, places left for violent criminals. The court system is underfunded and broken. They've completely failed on infrastructure. Don't get me started on HS2. We deserve better than this. The disgrace of Boris Johnson, the embarrassment of Liz Truss, and this fucking empty suit we've got now. If you vote for these guys again, you're a sucker. You heard me right, you're a sucker. We had years of bad government, but the last few years have been a fucking spit in the eye, an insult. If you vote for the Conservative Party, you are a sucker. Time for change. Any fucking change. They have to go. There's question time on that. I haven't watched question time in years and years and years. Oh my god, no. It comes yeah. on every now and again, you know, like flick it on and you're like, oh my fucking god, what who are these people? Who are these people behind the desk? Who are these people in the audience? What the fuck is happening? I think stopping watching that, which is a few years ago, was the one small step towards my disengage much less engagement with with politics in general. Oh my god! I used to I used to watch that. I used to watch the Sunday morning or Saturday morning shows. Andrew Marrell. I used to watch fucking everything. I mean, I question, can't imagine. Yeah, well, can't question imagine time is now. a special type of torture. Yeah, it's got much worse. Mm. I think mm. over the years as well. Mm. Anyway, uh, so there we go. That's what I think of the uh, the record. Uh, yeah. thirteen years. It's a remarkable. Actually. That's you know, such a long time to go in. And I was thinking back. You think back to 2010, it's quite an interesting time. So I remember the um, press conference or press conferences they had David Cameron trying to warn us that we faced a debt time bomb um, and we'd go the way of Greece if we yes. didn't start getting the spending under control, if you can remember that. Yeah. Coalition government, all deficit, 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 get the deficit down and otherwise we're going to go bankrupt like Greece. And yep. austerity and austerity became the received wisdom. And, you know, the voters certainly believed in it. That's why they voted them in again, given the first majority uh, since uh, 1992. Uh, so everyone had bought into it. And uh, I think at the time, I remember, well, I remember that when they, I've probably talked about this before, but when the economic global, global economic crash happened, I was in Amsterdam not really paying attention to current affairs, but then paid my own price for the whole uh, economy collapsing by having to come back and just not being able to get a job and having to do agency work and all that stuff. I think of two years of struggling for employment and, and struggling for money left an impression on me. And it's probably 
And I was quite worried about the economy myself. I voted for Labour in 2010, though, because I, my logic at the time was that this seems to be in crisis. My logic at the time was we seem to be in crisis. We should maybe not have a big change right now. I'm not sure that possibly flawed logic. I don't know. But um, just thought, shall we just stick stick with what we've got while we're, we're getting through this crisis? And I think then for a time I was was pro- probably quite convinced myself that, yeah, let's you know cut spending. Because it seems they did the whole um, sort of household budget theory, mm. which is a serious oversimplification of a economic a national economy. What's that? Sorry. Well, it's just talking about like trying to simplify the spend like a, a spending of a of a nation into like you know you wouldn't overspend your household bill. You've, you know, you've got to pay your bills. You've got a budget for a household. Yeah. Yeah. So it's thinking of it like that, which is you know quite a simple way of explaining it, which I think seems quite logical to people. So they were then quite receptive to the idea of the the cuts, and the cuts were very, 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 very steep. Yeah. And, and I think just over the decade, it's just proven the a false economy. And that's another one of many things I've had to learn over over the decade, from, just from lived experience and since see how it happened. I think our first doubt was in around 2012. I remember working for a social care charity and see their budgets get cut when I thought they were doing good work was the first thought of like, hmm, you know, this was a this was a charity that reduced was working to reduce reoffending by addressing the social needs of the client of the of the people who use the service, right? So if they're not getting those, if they're not getting that support anymore. More of them are just going to keep on reoffending and in prison, so that costs money as well. So therefore, false economy possibly. And then you know Brexit. How much, there's lots of things caused that, but you're seeing a lot of towns that had been decimated by cuts and austerity, expressing like anger and disdain. That must have been a factor, I think. So false economy again. And even now, we're looking at the, the talking about the the um, the debt time bomb. Well, debt's actually gone up ever since then, hasn't it? They never actually mm-hmm. got under control. And just looking at the state of things now, can't really say that that, that you know it worked. The coalition didn't work. Then they then they they, they did Brexit and done Brexit so fucking badly. Look at the dismal state we're in now. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, but it could be Happy New Year because they're going to be on the way out. I think. So the election could be. So did you see actually news today? This is not breaking news to anyone because uh, we're not live. But I was interested to see that um, that Rishi Sunak has given permission for Labour to start access talks with the civil service. Interesting. Um, even even though Labour hasn't actually formally requested them yet. So that I think should be a clear indication that he knows there's an election. I mean, doesn't mean that it's about to kick off, but. You know, as we know, that we expect an election, and that is a clear indication of sort of pre- preparations for that. Yeah, all right. I mean, what what do you see? What's the things that you're kind of excited to see? A the back of, and B excited to see come in if we do have a change. Well, I mean, I just I think the governments just get tired, don't they? And 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 this one is very tired. And I don't, I really, really don't like Rishi Sunak. I've never liked, never liked him. Never thought he'd be a good leader. And I'm not saying that as some kind of, ooh, look at me, my political now. But that is one thing where I remember, remember always thinking that I didn't think he was a good chancellor. 
And I think people just liked him because he was spraying money about during the pandemic. And he seemed more sensible than Boris. And he has been. He's come in and he's, like, he's not Boris. And he's not Liz fucking Truss either. But he is a dickhead. <laughs> you know, he is fucking useless as well. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not why? Why? What? What do you mean by dickhead? What's the? Well, I mean the guy. He just <laughs> what classifies a dickhead? I mean, okay, so he did. You know, he tried to have a refresh recently in his his the Conservative Party conference speech, where he said that there'd been a thirty year political status quo, and he was the change candidate. Uh, even though you know he'd been in, he'd been the chancellor. And been in government for 13 years. And then the next thing he did, I think it was that week, possibly the week after, he appointed the previous, he appointed David Cameron as foreign secretary. I'm not even, no, I think as a rule, it might be quite sensible to give former prime ministers those kind of roles. But it's just interesting to say that it's, I'm the agent of change. Now, here's the former prime minister back in government. You know, there doesn't seem to be, where did that come from? Why, how are those two things joined up? I don't think there's any joined up thinking. And I'm not, you know, it's not, as I said in a monologue, it's not all, it's Rishi Sunak's just a possibly, probably last in a succession of, of failed prime ministers. So it's not, you know, all on him. But he is sort of like, you know, not quite the dregs because Boris is probably the worst or maybe the short stint of Liz Trust. But it's just so over, isn't it? It's just so over. And I just don't know what, there's nothing they're offering at the moment. And it's just been a mess for too long. And ben, the, the, the boats, though. The small, wow, is the small boats. And this is interesting. The one thing is, I it sounds so reductive anyway. It's like, it's not just boats, it's small boats. But it's like one of the top five things that we need to be concerned about is the small boats. Yeah, I was very embarrassed whenever... small. I don't give a fuck about them. Oh, my God. Do you know when you see it on the, um, on the lectern, you know, as the main thing, stop the boats? I find that deeply embarrassing. It's just, think, not a serious country. Such a... Just but they, they've reduced them over the past year, right? That, that's a... Uh... I didn't actually mention immigration in the... Because interest, we've got very, very, very high levels of immigration, which would make up for our sort of demographic imbalance and lack of investment in skills. But, you know, as we've talked about many times on the podcast, I'm, we are pretty pro-immigration. Um, but they've got this yeah, weird thing where they've got really high numbers, but they've also got really punitive visa system for certain, especially for people coming from Europe. I don't know people personally paying huge, huge fees. And it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's trying huge to be really... Huge fees to do what, sorry? Well, for say for an English uh, or British citizen to bring, if you're a British citizen and you fall in love with somebody from a different country, you're going to fucking pay for that now. You will pay for that, and it's it. It's to go from free movement for Europe to be that restrictive as well. I mean, I just I don't understand the 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 logic of it. But so, and so it's this and the. The, the the skilled visas are making more strict. They're, they're raising the salary threshold now. Yeah. Um. To a way that's gonna. I don't understand how the hospitality industry is gonna cope with that, for example, because they're not gonna meet the salary thresholds. And yet we've got huge numbers coming in anyway. Again, it's just a sort of. It's not joined up. It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, so we've got this like high immigration numbers, yet this nasty nasty rhetoric. And but punishing certain people coming from certain uh, countries. With with the visa system, it, it just doesn't make any sense sense to me. It's just all 
you know, not joined up. It's nasty. I don't get what the you know what the plan what the plan is. You know what you know what what is the long term vision for the country through not just the immigration system but any anything else. You know who do we want coming here and why? I, I, I don't. What, well, it's all going to get stoked f- up again. All of that, isn't it? Because you know the the reform party are going to be part of this election, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah, and it feels like one of the few things that they'll be able to try and fall back on to whip up a bit of, you know, resentment. There'll be a lot of whipping up of that. I mean, I think that that like nastiness that you see is is kind of prevailing in uh, in the culture as well, really a bit. Yeah, unfortunately, um, and I think it's easily stoked. Yeah, I don't think it will save them this time, but it certainly uh, affects the national uh, debate and the way people think. And yeah. Everybody um, knows somebody, you know. What I mean, everybody knows somebody who's like anti boats crossing, anti like foreigners getting your jobs, anti like you know, um, oh, there's too many young men who come over and all that kind of thing. You know, Ricky Gervais made a joke about it. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was saying to me, I mean, we've had the Dunn on the phone, whose main point is just process, process them. Then, yeah, yeah, you know, have, yeah. Have a functioning system, yeah. Which is part of what, yeah, Keir Starmer said to put, you know, put the investment in, put the staff in, um, to actually be able to process their claims. You know, yay or nay, not just have, not just not do that, and then have them in Calais and coming over in boats and whatnot. It, you know, so it's that is it's a symptom of government failure, really. And you know this whole thing of sending them to the Rwanda and uh, just like you know, yeah, it's just been successive years of not really. Going, oh, I don't really understand this. Ever since every, the way Brexit was done, you know, and and that whole populist movement, uh, and just like, oh, I don't think I, I didn't realize where the country is or is now, and I don't actually. It's not the country I thought it was, uh, and yeah, just being getting progressively more disillusioned ever since. I mean, you know, can't ignore Brexit either. Actually, today, Mayor of London said it can. There's a new, it was published a new report that said the economy is 30 billion smaller than it would have been. Um, now, there's a lot of um, argument over that, but there is an increasing amount of research now that shows that there's, that there's been a hit of somewhere between 4%, 6% hit of the UK GDP because of because of Brexit and, and, and the Brexit you know, the way we went about negotiating it. Uh, and considering, you know, uh, how poor growth has been and how stagnant wages are and, and et cetera, et cetera, that's no small thing, is it? Three or four percent. It's it's getting a bit fucking wearing, isn't it? So I, I just think, I don't, you know, I'm not, there's no fucking messiah coming in to rescue. The, you know, the worry is as well that, there's not loads of money to spend, and Keir Starmer has been very, very emphasising that. And so, you know, it's not like a necessarily a given, but just think that the change, you know, everything's fresh to get new. There's not new ministers, new MPs, a new leader, new cabinet. Uh, you know, new everything gets shaken up a little bit, and just like freshness to it. And I say that not as someone who's like an ardent Labour supporter, even, you know, for a long time I've been excited about a Labour government, but I was excited just to have the change now because it's long overdue. It should have happened already. You know, really, this government's been failing for a while now. And I don't mean failing in a way subjectively, I don't like them anymore, whatever. I mean, literally just not operating at a level, you know, this, the, the reasonable level, just not really 
functioning properly in a way that, that, that especially with the state of the country that, and all the things that need addressing. I mean, they're just basically inert now, not really doing a lot. They just talk about, as I say, talk about fucking small boats, not about all these other problems. So that they've never been less convinced of anything than this agent of change thing, Richie Shunak tried to come across. They just need to fucking go now. They just need to go. You know, and, and there'll be a lot of uh, Tory voters who think the same who will now switch to Labour. Uh, they'll stay at home or they'll vote Labour. And a lot of people will vote Labour, maybe not out of passion even, but just passion for the change. Like, get out. Fuck off. Go away. You're done now. Go and think about what you've done. And... <laughs> You know, come back to us later. No, it's always a, there is always a time, and that time is long overdue now. I think the country's really, really fucking suffering by having to wait for this fucking change because it, it, it just need it. Like it's, it's not necessarily everything's going to be hunky dory, but just the change will be positive. Yes, I feel. Well, we'll see, won't we? We shall we'll see, see, and I'm sure we'll we will speculate further. I'm sure we'll get some episodes out of the speculating over uh, Labour Fair and. The interesting thing, the quite exciting thing, is that we'll finally get, you know, more ideas and probably policies as we get close to the election. We'll start seeing what they're all about. Because really, I get the idea there's a lot of being withheld, you know, mm. for political reasons to stop the Tories stealing or, 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 or you know, stealing their policies or doing something similar. So, but we'll start seeing some some ideas. I mean. Yes, Dharma often says things that are, I'm sure, for political reasons, which are still frustrating, and um, you know, and it's concerned that how are you going to get uh, the, the country, um, how are you going to improve things without spending money is 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 difficult. You know, there's got to be some investment, surely. Yeah. I'm disappointed that he didn't. He said he wouldn't build HS2 up to the north, for example. I think that's a real shame. But yeah, it's just the change. It's just time for change. Yeah. All right, cool. Have we, you rinsed that subject? Yeah, I guess so. Wrong it I think, dry. Yes. Well, I would like to say one thing. What? One more thing. Uh, what do the readers think? Not readers, listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, so they can contact us now on our new email address. Okay. But they've Which been is... able to contact. The, the ability to contact us has not really been the problem, has it? Well, no, although the, the, our emails basically was shut down. And oh, okay. No, maybe that wasn't the that's problem. that's why we haven't been getting emails. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so email is tgupod at gmail.com. That's tgu, as in the great unraveling, pod. tgupod at gmail.com, which is probably a lot easier to remember or type in than our previous emails, which was a factor. Tgupod. Yeah. Come on, people. I know you're out there. Emailers, what are your hopes for the future? Are you looking forward to a new government? Are you a Tory voter who's going to switch to Labour? Tell us your thoughts. I'd like mm. to hear from you, tdupod at gmail.com. Not yep. you, Matt. Pointing at you, but I mean the uh, listeners. To go, to go pod. Time for a change, question mark? To go pod. Question, you, don't have pod. To, you don't have to say question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, really. Good. Okay. Well, new year. New election, yeah, new, new, new government. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, what other shit? Or yeah, like shit? other shit, that's what I mean. Yeah, other shit, I'm sure. Okay. 
All right, other shit. So, um, just yeah, just before we just started recording, there you asked me up. You kind of looked at me quite in a quite serious way and said, "Do you have a place like a box where you keep your chocolate?" Box or jar or cupboard, you know. Yeah, where the kids go. Can we have a you know treat or whatever? And then they go, yeah, go to the cupboard or box or jar. Felt like you were leading me somewhere though. It's like, well, why? Why? What is this question about? Well, I was just looking at my box here. Your box, yeah. And I was just, I was. There's been stuff that's been in there a while. Usually, I've, it's quite full, and I refill it. But I was just looking at the stuff that is now at the moment. Stocks are low, right? Yeah. So what's the dregs look, then? The dregs are looking, and I'm looking at things that have been there a while, and my kids will, you know, occasionally their cousins come over, little little girls around the same age, then, and they have things from there as well. But these things are not getting picked up. So I was wondering if we can have a little look at what's in there. We'll see if I'm interested. Well, have you got any guesses? You can post them to me. Um, or like some kind of wafery thing. No wafery. Just like no something without chocolate in it. Well, I'll tell you the first one, and this one doesn't surprise me. There's two of them in here, and it is. Bounties a very good guess, but I would never buy a bounty. But this must have come in a multi-pack. It is a the double decker. Oh man, I love double deckers. Yeah, we've had this before, yeah. haven't we? I think we might have really, we've so going over ourselves, we're back to double deckers on this <laughs> political podcast. It was only a matter of time. <laughs> and you know, I I was it was like eleven o'clock the other night and I was, I was drunk and I wanted some chocolate, but I, I and I'd considered going for the double decker, but I just couldn't. What? What? It's a fucking quality chocolate bar. Okay. Right. So double deckers. Well, yeah. What else is in there? Um, what else is in there? Like a hard caramel thing. There's a yes, yes, actually mm. a curly. There's several. There is one, two, three, four, five mini curly wellies from the selection box. Not going. Interesting. Will will not go. I used to like curly wellies, but yeah, I did. I did yeah. I, I think when I rejected the uh, double decker, I went for the curly wellie. But you know what it is now. Because I'm getting old, I'm thinking I don't really want to chew on all that caramel. Yeah, I've got, become more concerned about my teeth and that kind of yeah. thing. The, yeah, something's yeah. just not not great for chewing. Yeah, and also for the kids, it's like yeah, kind of you just feel. And weird, similarly, and this is this is the thing I actually ate. I did it, end up eating, and it was disappointing and not good. And that is oh. the chomp bar. <gasps> what do you mean? Um, it's been a long yeah, time I'm, since I had a chomp, but it's disappointing yeah, to hear exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I used to like like them a lot. And I don't think it's not a bad bar, but again, it's the caramel, it's the chewy caramel thing. Yeah, can't yeah. get into that. They're a bit Apparently softer. Kids can't either. What else have we got? It is the fudge bar. The fudge bar. I have right. I've got. If anyone wants any fudge bars, I'm just I'm trying to get rid of them. Email us on tgupod <laughs> at gmail.com. What do you think of the double decker? Double decker. Tgu pod. Tg. I said it was easier to remember, but I can't remember. <laughs> it's not different. TGUPod at gmail.com. That's yeah, easy to remember. Easy. There is, uh, if you want a fudge bar, I've got six six of them here. So there you go. I mean, I, that, I thought that, yeah, I thought a fudge is a 
solid chocolate bar. Yeah, no, not bad at all. But then again, I haven't, I haven't gone to pick them up either. So those are the dregs. Mm. Bounty would definitely be in there, but you don't see them so much anymore, do you? Not in like selection boxes and stuff, because everyone realizes they're not good. I like bounties. I'm you like sorry. bounties I'm, as well? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. Well, no, I'll, I'll save these double deckers for you, and if yeah, any it, bounties yeah. come, yeah. Yeah, next time you come up, you can have a double decker. Aye. Um, there you go, that's the dregs of the sweetie box. Excellent item. Is there anything. I, I would actually like to hear from people, yeah, what. what What's what would the be dregs? the bottom? What would be the dregs of your sweet box? That you just wouldn't be able to eat double deckers, other ideas. Come on, come on, engage, engage. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make up some fake emails if people don't actually. I'll just never mention it again, I guess. <sighs> That's usually what we do. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, well, okay. So, any other what shit? Yeah. I'd like to talk have about? you? Uh, this is a basic one, but have you made any New Year's resolutions? No. Or... No, uh, well, no, but I have stopped drinking for, for January. No, that's, well, yeah. yeah, probably it's kind of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so you do enjoy January. That's good, well done. Yeah, I haven't really done anything, apart from, you know, I want to go back exercising, but that's just normal thing, not really a resolution. I haven't really done any health ones, I don't think. Well, I'm trying to curb certain habits, but um, I've not tried to make any lofty aims. I mean, there's nah. some things I'd like to do, but I definitely have, I mean, I said this last year, about not making New Year's resolutions. But actually, last year, I think I said we had an episode specifically where it was like, don't make New Year's resolutions. But yeah. I think I actually did make them in the end, not nice. formally, but... I that that sounds my... consistent, yeah. <laughs> I ended up setting myself targets. I don't, I don't really don't have that so much this year, but I've done some small things. Like, I'm trying to, like, use my phone less. Yeah. Um, I've finally, like, really taken some lengths to not be on Twitter. I haven't deleted my account because there is some use out of a. Like I've got a comment, like a list of journalists on there, so you get news source and stuff information for this. But I've got taken it off my bookmarks, taken it off my phone. Don't want to be on there. Every time I've ever been on there in the last, I don't know, six months, it has always felt like a colossal waste of time. And sometimes I ended up pissed off using it. The things that I'm just trying to do, some things just to improve my well-being, like that. But apart from that, nothing. Because it, it was. What's the point in setting yourself up to to fail? Yeah, resolutions are for cunts, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, you can also, you can set yourself goals and targets any time of the year. I mean, I know there's exactly. that whole, yeah. Arbitrary I do, I do sort of get sand. that. Yeah, I do. I get that a little bit of a way. Try and start new afresh. But yeah, do it self yourself, big fucking yeah. targets. It's about some small things about how you can improve your life and make yourself a bit more content. Um, maybe remove things from your your life that you know uh, yeah. you know disrupting that. Other than that, you know, I don't think it should be lofty aims. So yes, well, great. No, we no, I don't. No, uh, yeah, no. But what else? What else? I haven't got a lot else. Matt. I think mm. I've spent for our first. Uh, what <clears> I've been. I've got a TV recommendation. Been watching okay, a, a series called The Curse. It's on Paramount right. Plus. So I signed up for that just so I could watch this. Okay, well, Unf- I've got that, unfortunately, yeah. it's released uh, every week rather than it all just being released at once, which means I'm now paying for Paramount Plus, which is not <laughs> very annoying. Um, it's really good, yeah. Really enjoy it, yeah. I don't think it's okay, everyone's cup of tea, gotta be honest. Um, so it's, tell me about it because I could actually watch this. So it is about a couple who are making a reality TV program in like a, a kind of like a kind of a slum in America. It's like they're flipping homes, right? They're doing that kind of thing. 
they're flipping homes and trying to improve the community with like these bio homes that they're that they're building um and it's about them like it's not it's not a what's the word it's not a documentary but it's made to look like a documentary right um and it's about the making of that their how their relationship kind of like starts to get pretty fractured fractures fracture what's that word fractures um yeah. and they're it's like they're kind of trying to gentrify the, the local area and they're getting lots of resistance to that and it's about like the the producer of the tv program's a big character in it as well um but it's got so the main people in it right so the main the main the couple are played by Emma Stone and Oh, okay. Nathan Fielder, do you know who Nathan Fielder is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then the producer is played by a guy called Benny Safdie. So Benny Safdie is like also a filmmaker and an actor, but it's Benny Safdie and Nathan Fielder write and direct the whole thing, and it plays on like Nathan. It's Nathan Fielder in like a fictional setting where he does like reality pro- programs usually, but it plays mm. on like his awkward, his social awkwardness, and, and it's really, really quite fun. But it's um, cool. it's like kind of a half reality TV, half horror. There's like a weird horror right. element to it. But mm. yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it's a good watch. It's quite well, disconcerting. It doesn't make you feel good when you're watching it. So it's, some of it, some of it is quite funny. Um, right. But yeah, it's good. So that's your first TV recommendation of 2024. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Nice one. Nice um, one. Wow. We need to say goodbye quite quickly. I think our time's about to run out. Yes. Lesson one. Well, goodbye and happy new year. And uh, yeah, look forward to further podding. There, we'll be back in two weeks. <laughs>